welcome to this amazing program. I hope you're having a beautiful day. It's your boy Brandon Yolameve, and uh, welcome to this brand new program by being with Brandon Yolameve on Migrants FM, and uh, we are broadcasting on Anchor, very amazing and easy to use program which you might want to try out if you're interested in podcasting, talking to the people. It's a very interesting program to try and anchor with, as I must say. So the aim of this program basically is to talk about the problems affecting Africa in general and uh, the, the world too, Africa in particular, though, but the world in general. So uh, the program will be Afrocentric for a lot of people who want to learn about Africa, want to learn about the things and the problems affecting Africa in general. This will be the place to talk about it. You know, I want you all to know, like the name of the station state, it's a migrant FM and it's about time. The migrants, those who've left Africa and moved to another land, we brought forth the knowledge we have acquired to once and for all instigate the change that we want to see in Africa. So that's the main reason why myself and some of my amazing friends and brothers which we sought together to pull up the initiative of bringing this podcast which that's the reason we want to have everybody's voice heard from the migrants suffering in migrants in migrant camps to the migrants who have successfully attained highest heights on the white man's land we want us all to put ourselves together and talk about the problems affecting Africa as a continent and for the Africans back home I want you guys to understand it's our responsibility to heal Africa running away from Africa is not the solution it's our responsibility to sit down and have the talks from now henceforth to bring a lasting change to the continent of Africa So I am Brandon Yolameve and popularly known as Brandon Yolameve but I was born Brandon for Temdap for son of a family of five and uh, my dad was a cop my mom was a housewife but on the side she was a hairdresser my dad coming from a family that was destroyed because of the lack of self love He took it upon himself to teach us, his children, self-love, to love ourselves, to love ourselves individually and love ourselves as a family, still pushing us to the best of our abilities. So that's where I can say I take 90% of my inspiration from, and the other 10% comes from what I call experience. So I've been through my own fair share of things and uh, I feel like the story I say or my story, if I start explaining my story, it's basically the story of 90% of the African children. I came out from, uh, well, I was born in a monogamous home with my dad and my mom being there for me and my brothers and sisters. And uh, my dad, we had to move because my dad came from a, from a polygamous home. His dad was worthy or self-sustainable, as I love to say it. He was self-sustainable, and uh, 
because they didn't know how to love each other. It became a disaster and uh, the strength and the dream of their father, who was my grandfather, was distorted because of the lack of self-love and family love. So he took upon himself, his, himself and he taught us that hard. He taught us to be able to put everything together as a family and go through it together. So that's where we, myself and my brothers, we took a lot of the experience which we bring to the table or to the world today from a man who was my dad. And uh, my dad, after, he, after his dad passed away, because of the lack of love among themselves, it kind of ignited a fire of hate which had to push him away from his brothers or push him to move further, to move as far as he could from his family, taking us with him because he realized we were his true family. I even recall at some point him telling us his mom walked up to him and told him, if you want to have the opportunity someday to enjoy your kids like you have to, then you have to forget about everything. Take them along with you and move. So that was what my dad basically did. We moved to the eastern region of Cameroon because we originate from the northwest region of Cameroon, capital city, Bamenda. We had to move to the eastern region of Cameroon, which is hundreds of miles away. We moved to the east. And getting to the east, it was predominantly the Fulanese and the Pygmies. And I must confess, they were beautiful people back in the days. They were welcoming. We lived there with little or no hate. There was no tribalism. There was no xenophobia. There was no little or no uproaring hate. Because my family did a lot of business with them, the Pygmies and the Muslims. And we lived together as Africans. If we go back the last 10 or 15 years, the continent of Africa has been struck by war. It's been struck from time from when we remember. But the last 15 years have been catastrophic in the records of the continent of Africa. My country of Cameroon and my area of origin Cameroon once was classified as one of the most peaceful countries in Africa has been torn down by war for over five years, which is one of the major topics I want us to talk about, wars in Africa and in the world in general. These are things that we, the children of Africa, we need to bring to the table and talk about. We need to talk about them so we can find a solution, we can find a lasting solution to these problems. So we moved to the East region, as I was saying, where we had we basically have we had to spend almost half of our lives, not half of our lives because <laughs> we don't know, but we spent a long time there, approximately 14 years, I think. And after that, they were really beautiful. I still have most of my family living there and a lot of my friends and all of that because we had to live there for a while. After my dad retired, we had to move back home to our region of origin. But while we were there, we had to study. 
but it was it's the east region of Cameroon which is French speaking so my dad had to really search for a school that taught kids in English and back in the days I remember there wasn't a lot so we had to walk six or seven miles a day to and from school because my dad really didn't want us to lose touch with our base which was the English-speaking base or which was a more culturally oriented base. So he wanted us to keep touch with that. He didn't want us to diverse because it was easier for him to send us to French schools that were around the block, but he didn't want to do that. He took it upon himself to go register us in schools that were miles away. We had to walk to school. And um, in a lot, in some way, or in a lot of ways, it taught it taught us a lot of self-love, my brothers, my sisters, and I, because the fact that we had to cover a distance like that to and from school every day was a way to unite us mentally. It was a way to break us down while uniting us at our least. So it still gave us that energy that once when anybody has a distance to cover, we feel like we have to cover it together. We feel like it's our responsibility to cover it together. I came from a very athletic home. My two brothers, one of them was very good goalkeeper. My other brother was crazy about volleyball. And I was play, I played basketball and we all played soccer as in general. And on the side we were athletic, I was into acrobatics, gymnastics, and all of that. And uh, my dad was a really proud man who worked two jobs to provide for his family. And we put in all the required efforts to make, to prove to him that it was worth it. Because most of the times he always tried to tell us how much we will have to work hard to get to where we want to get to. So it kept on ringing that bell in our minds which kind of gave us the motivation we had ups and downs in life and especially after my dad retired we had to move back to uh, to our region of origin which was the northwest region and when we got back to the northwest region we saw family members people whom we thought were family members reject us we saw people whom we thought were friends and people whom we thought loved us. We saw them mock at us. We saw them deny us. So then again, it helped to solidify the union between us because we realized all we had was us. And it was necessary to succeed because all we had was us. So from there, a lot of things went down. A lot of other stories which I might want to bring you in in the future I might find the strength to talk to you about it because it's it is emotional the things that happened to me and my family that's really really emotional but I want to have the courage to share it with you and uh, I know basically when I say things like that foreigners are like whoa it's but uh, for the African, it's our daily routine. Uh, I'm sure every African listening to me now is like, and so that's what happens to everybody. But um, I want you guys to understand, the Africans, that we have been enclosed in some sort of, how can I say, something like the Stockholm Syndrome, where we have 
been used to, we are used to suffering so much that we feel like it's a way of life but it isn't a way of life so after my daddy retired as i was saying we moved back to a place we faced the hate we had to face i had to strive hard i had to just work hard my brothers working hard on their side we all had to go through school because at that point in our lives and when you get to a point of frustration you start feeling like the only ways out of poverty is education or religion that's why you see a lot of children in africa focusing so much on education or religion because they seem like the two easiest ways out of poverty so we my brothers and I my brothers were not very religious people I was at some point a very religious person with my mom we would go to church my dad wasn't a religious person he was a man who believed in man he was like take care of yourself if you make your bed today you will lay on it tomorrow and nothing like a miracle you work hard you have a better fruit if you work less you might not even have anything to harvest So that was my dad's policy. He was not a religious person. So we came back, we strived to work. I had to work hard and I made my advanced level. From there I had to move into the university. I moved into the University of Yaounde One where I gained admission to study microbiology. And uh, due to lack of finances and inadequate resources as I love to say, Uh, it was hard a lot of things came up too i tried finding admission in a nearby university still it was a french speaking university it didn't work out the way i thought it would so at the end of the day i had to basically move back home i moved back to my region of origin which still was bamenda i had to take again my examinations hoping to make greater scores so i could maybe gain a scholarship or something but it didn't turn out the way it had to so that year the university of bamenda too was born and i had the opportunity to apply there too and i was still rejected so i took upon professional studies because professional education wasn't affordable for everybody most of us would try to get public education professional education wasn't affordable for everybody so I took upon professional studies. I studied civil engineering. I studied civil engineering for a few years. I had a grasp of what he was talking about. And from then out of everything I could learn and I could work out, I tried until I successfully got myself admission out of Cameroon. So, I left Cameroon to go study, and as soon as I got to the other part of the world, I realized the all the things I've been studying kind of kicked in. I started understanding because of the numerous questions I kept asking myself. Like why do we always have to run? When I came abroad I saw people who wouldn't even want to move from their neighborhoods. I saw kids who were groomed with everything. because I had the opportunity to get married and made a son who's mixed so at that point in time I started asking myself what type of life do I want my son to live that's where everything I started I learned started to kick in I had to think of a better way to 
let my son understand that irrespective of the fact that I am a migrant, you have a place that's called home. It is your home. So from there, everything kicked in. I started finding answers to questions. And I realized children of Africa, we always running from something. From when we are born walking 10 miles to school, walking 14 miles to and from school every day, going to the university, in a, inadequate finances. And it, on, man, it's crazy, but we kept on searching. There was no point in time where we actually found peace. It got worse because the last six years or so, five years, have been ravished. My country was ravished by war. So it kind of brought all the things that I didn't expect into my plate. And I started thinking, it's about time we, the children of Africa, took upon ourselves to discuss the problem of Africa. We cannot keep running away from where we are. We cannot keep blaming the politicians or pointing fingers at people. What have we as the youth or the migrants or the diaspora of Africa done to resolve the African problem is a major question we should be asking ourselves. So I came up with this initiative, or me, myself, and the people around me, we came up with this initiative to set up a radio station which, is, which operates online. So we don't have a limitation to as to where people can listen. So we can go on air and talk about the problems affecting Africa, like the children of Africa, seek the solutions we want, stand for what we believe, bring forth the education, bring forth the knowledge we have acquired for the betterment of our continent, Africa. Because we cannot keep running away from Africa. We cannot keep letting everything about Africa slide. It's time we, the children of Africa, had that discussion about Africa and the changes that is necessary for us to have a beautiful continent where a child will be born, raised, learn everything that is necessary about who they is. Not slavery, not us getting killed by people, not war. That's not African. So it's upon us, the children of Africa, to have this discussion. So it's your boy Brandon Yola Merve, like I already said. I want you all to know this program is going to be a weekly program. And um, I will try to make it as brief as possible each time I have the opportunity to. But I still I want to talk about everything that we could talk about. I want us to talk about the wars ravaging Africa. I want us to talk about the African leaders. I want us to talk about the war leaders. I want us to talk about all the things that we feel that are not going right. I want us to talk about all the things that we disagree upon. So we could find a solution on air and then we bring it, we manifest it. Because it's time we talked about these things. If we don't, if the children of Africa don't talk about these things, then Africa is bound for destruction. Africa will forever get destroyed. And it's a pity because one day 
Europe, America, or wherever we have struggled so hard to attain to or to get to, it will overflow. And when sin once it overflows, they will start by sending away those they classify as foreigners. We have children Africans dying in the Mediterranean Sea, in the Sahara Desert, in the Darien Gap, in the millions. So I feel like it's time we all sat down, created our platforms. There might be platforms talking about it. Some of them want to be politically correct to avoid issues, but hey, it's about time we hammer the nail and see the results for the children of Africa, for the better men of Africa. So thank you once more. It's great talking to you all. And I know it's going to be a great run because it's going to be a long one for us. But together we stand and divided before.